Dior Talks. The female gaze uh, for me is about changing the way we present women in fashion. More like a subject, not uh, as an object. The women are represented in many different ways, not only one way. That is very important for me. It's also what I try to make with my work in Dior. There are many elements in the female case. Today's guest on Dior Talks has photographed some of the world's most famous faces, but many of them won't have even realized she was there. Brigitte Lacombe is an award-winning photographer whose portraits of actors and directors on Hollywood sets have won worldwide acclaim, giving us a perspective on filmmaking we've never had before. Lacombe has worked tirelessly for more than 40 years, but her timeless style has endured. I want to find out what keeps her so passionate about photography today and how she worked within the film industry during what has been a revolutionary time for women. I'm Charlotte Janssen, a journalist and the author of Girl on Girl, a book exploring photography in the age of the female gaze through the lens of pioneering women photographers working today. You're listening to Dior Talks, conversations on the female gaze. You're saying, you know, how in that it's kind of amazing to you and also at this point in your career that's the, actually the work's being discussed and not the fact that you photograph famous people. I mean, has that been something that's that's been difficult for you or problematic in any, any way of your career because you have photographed all these incredibly famous people um, that obviously, you know, when people see those images they want to, and they talk to you about them, I guess, when they analyse your work, they want to know more about those those characters, those people and kind of, you know, the atmosphere and what were they like and there's this, you know, we have this, you know, celebrity obsession in contemporary culture but that's not necessarily what you're interested in that's not necessarily what your work is is positing right usually the, the people i photograph are people that i am actually want to photograph i'm i'm drawn to them because of the work they do i'm interested in them as as people and then i admire their work so maybe the What's important is not to call them famous people. I mean, like extraordinary mm-hmm. people, you know. So, because it's not just their fame. I mean, that's not the, the fame is kind of an afterthought, you know, in a way. Yeah. I mean, especially at this point in your career, there's that the people are finding new ways to kind of look at your work and treat it. I guess mm-hmm. that's also interesting. You know, you've been working for 40 years and we'll come on to that. I'm sure a lot has changed in that time, you know, both for you as an artist, but also in the world around. And I mean, particularly the film industry, which we can also talk about a little bit about that. T- talking of intimate portraits, though, you're working right now on a new book I understand yes. like on a visual kind of memoir yeah what's your kind of um where are you at with that at the moment and why did you decide you wanted to do something like that at this point in your in your career you know it's just a, it's a normal kind of uh, I think process to want to to take stock in a way of what you've done you know and what what remains to you that is important or significant or or what you are attached to, you know, because I've been, as you said, working for a very long time and I never, I'm completely working and living in the moment, like really in a day-to-day way. I've never, you know, made like a big plan or I never so much project into 
what like the future and so mm-hmm. it so after and I'm, I've worked almost every day you know I'm, I work all the time I'm, I don't have any other occupation or I, I I've always been like incredibly uh, uh, active in in my work and so yeah. I I never take the time to reflect or to um, consider or to really look in depth and to think or to to process what I'm doing and or what I'm living and so to to work on to look back and look at your archive and work on a book a, a sort of visual memoir give me that chance to actually not always be in the action and in the reaction but to actually think and look and and really give reflect. weight to yeah reflect and 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 see what's what's remain what's important what's significant to me yeah and what kind of things have been coming up you know as you've been going through your archive are there kind of images or experiences that you'd forgotten that you're kind of now reminded of or it's uh, yeah it's interesting because a lot of things you remember you know even very far away things you know like from a long time ago and the fact that you it's so incredible the power of of the photograph because once Mm -hmm. you look at an image you immediately are you know it's like the uh, the taste or you know like the famous like Madeleine um, of Proust I mean it's a it's the same it's the same you look at an image and you are like immediately back in the moment when you took Mm -hmm. it what it means to me to do that is also to, because I've, I take picture all the time that it is my work or like every day, you know, I take, I take picture of everything and every, and so I think I want to give them almost like equal importance of like mm-hmm. a very important assignment, a very important and meaningful portrait I did along the way or, and then, uh, a snap of my sister or, you know, a gathering of friends or it's just like a, it's almost like, it's just looking back at your life. I mean, basically. So it's, it's interesting that you're making that, that book of your own, you know, is professional, your professional life, but your personal life kind of intermix. And I guess that's a more intimate way of, of showing you than we know up till this point. Yes, that's true. That's true. And I know your career began you started working at L in Paris. Um, you were seventeen, yes. and you you went to Cannes. I asked them. I asked the magazine to uh, send me to Cannes for the festival because, like everybody else, you know, I was interested in film. But um, and also, I happened to have my family house there, so uh, the magazine sent me because. I mean, why not? I mean, you know, I was enthusiastic and I had a house, so that was like uh, not a difficult thing. And, you know, it was a very different time. I mean, 75 was a very different time in that world, the world of film and the world of celebrity and the world of... um, and, and Cannes itself. And also, there was no real... I mean, there was no woman photographer around... Um, right. And especially like because I was like lumped in with like the the kind of not the paparazzi really but the kind of reportage kind of photographers mm-hmm. that were around, and um, so I was like kind of a, standing out in a way, you know. 
Yeah. And how were you treated? What do you remember about that? I think I was well treated. And, and because I had no real, you know, I was very uh, clueless, you know, because I had, <laughs> I, it was not, I mean, I did not know that world very well at all. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, and I was not aware of what's possible, what's not possible. I mean, you know, when you are very young and you have had the, the great privilege to, to be loved as a child and to be encouraged to do whatever you want. I mean, I, I thought I could, uh, I just would fit in. You know, I did not question that it was an exceptional experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just photographed so many people there, but it was it was not the way I will photograph now. You know, I, now I will have like an appointment and have time set aside to do a portrait of someone but then I was just like grabbing images as I was going along but still people were stopping for me and and so I was able actually to I mean it was a big turning point because um, I met uh, Dustin Hoffman there and um, I met Donald Sutherland also, and both of them kind of threw me an invitation, which I'm not even sure they meant it, you know. But mm-hmm. I just went back to the magazine and I said, I've been invited to these two films uh, set. And uh, one was All the President's Men, which was like one of the most important, you know, uh, yeah. film at the time and an event in the American life. Uh, and uh, and the other one was uh, Fellini's Casanova. How did you have the courage to to just do it, to fly to America? You know, at the time, everybody wanted to go to America. I mean, it's not like now, you know. It was like, absolutely, you wanted to go, you wanted to go. And I, I was invited, and it was a film, and that's it, I went. And, um, wow. and my, men- my mentor, who was this extraordinary woman, Jeannette Leroy, um, had some families there and so I was I had a place to stay I'm sure it felt like it was a good uh, adventure but I did not mm-hmm. I did not question it too much you know yeah you just seized the opportunity and, and just went yeah, for it yeah yeah I always I think I, I, I when I look back of all these moments you know that seems pretty amazing now it's yeah. It's what it was. I mean, I was, I had that confidence. And I think, again, it goes back to the way I was raised and, and loved, you know, that I had, I had confidence. Mm-hmm. What, at what point did you realize this was becoming, you know, your thing that you're, you know, you're now at this point, you're known for as the photographer of kind of film sets. And in a way, mm-hmm. an important part of your work is documenting filmmaking practices yeah. and, and, and what happens when someone makes a film. Yeah. At what point did you realise that that was sort of becoming this kind of part of your work? Or was it just that you, you started with that one and then another one came up and it kept sort of going from there? How, how, did, it, how did it evolve? As I said, you know, I've always lived day to day and I did not make a plan and I had no, like idea of a trajectory or a goal or anything. So I think it, I was always like, you meet this one and this one, I mean, make you meet this. I mean, like when I went to Los Angeles, I followed the film 
all the presidents men in Los Angeles and I and the, uh, somebody uh, like Dustin uh, introduced me to uh, Steven Spielberg and Steven Spielberg introduced me to Brian De Palma and and, and it, who took me to photograph Groucho Marx and uh, and on and on you know and it just was like very kind of uh, seizing opportunities you know of I mean, it's funny for me to hear you describing it, that it was it happens in such a kind of fluid and natural way. Because to me, when I look at your your photographs, they seem to me so well executed. Everything is so, it seems so meticulous, so precise. You know, the every kind of detail, perspective, composition seems completely thought out and right. So it's funny to me that then you are this kind of loose character that you, you know, you're just kind of going wherever the, <laughs> wherever the mood kind of takes you. You know, when I started at Elle, I was doing a lot of fashion and beauty. I st- and that's what I love so much about my work and life is that I am able to do what I do, for example, if I work for Dior to do this very control, very big uh, campaigns that involve a lot of people and it's and then I, as the day after, I take off by myself to uh, work on a, on, on a first-time uh, film that I'm interested in, a first-time filmmaker, director that I'm interested in. And then the day after, mm-hmm. I can I can go on a, on a, on a journey to uh, Burma, um, you know, to 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 do a landscape story, or and then I come back and I do another campaign, and and then yeah. in the meantime I have a studio where I do portrait, very formal portrait in New York, but I can recreate mm-hmm. that formality in doing portrait. You know, I, I do portrait all over the world, and you will never know because I recreate like a situation that is kind of a studio situation, and that is yeah. extremely controlled. But but the, the 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 difference and the luxury and the thrill of going through a very controlled situation that you control, like a studio situation, to mm-hmm. a situation where you don't control at all on a movie set, and you you are actually a, a witness, and you enter a situation that is not set by you at all, and you have to adapt yourself to that situation, and you have no control, right. really. And then yeah. uh, when you travel and you do the reportage part, which is another aspect, too, but all of that make a life. You know, and yeah. it's made my life. And I love the, to jump from one, one type of photography, which I don't even think of photography. It's just my way of living, you know, and, and communicating. Yeah, it has, you have to be very agile. And I guess it's kind of your dynamism in a way is like this ability to move between these different settings. And so it's important to you when you're photographing someone to kind of make sure they feel comfortable, to make sure they're, you know, you, they understand what you're doing, what your process is. It's like we were talking about control and not control. You know, I love that that different of of going different way to work. But when I when I do portrait, it's I control the space where we are going to work, the light, the if there is music, if there is no music, who is in the room. I usually stay very much by myself, and everybody else is put on the side. So I control everything. But then once. We start to do the portrait when the person is there and I do the portrait. I don't control everything. It's like a collaboration. Yeah, that's so interesting that you say that. And that's coming out in mm-hmm. these conversations, I think, that that specifically women have that kind of sensitivity. I, I, 
I feel yeah. women photographers have that sensitivity more, perhaps, you know, because they know yeah. as well exactly what it is to be looked at and, as you say, to be scrutinised. Mm-hmm. And how did all of that kind of come into play when you photographed Hillary Clinton, for example? I arrived at, uh, at that situation where I was in the position to do real portrait with her because I photographed mm-hmm. her a few times. Um, I had already established an actual relationship with her because I have a, we have a, a common friend who is like a very, very close, trusted friend to, to her and to me. Right. So there was already some kind of trust you know, mm-hmm. coming from from her, I was I was not just a, a, a photographer coming to do a portrait, but the one time, the very first time when I really photographed her uh, in a, as a, as a proper portrait was the day she she had to concede to Barack Obama. So she came and she was. I could, I mean, very vulnerable, I could see, but I, I did ask her to, and she came very made up like she is, like most politicians are, but I asked her if she will be okay to take the makeup away to, to, to just have the hair just simple and to just wear a white, um, shirt and to, uh, and to, and to wear no jewelry. And she said yes. And she actually, I mean, it was really quite a moving and strong moment because she, I had a lot of esteem for her to, in a way, uh, go through it at that time, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe she, you know, another way to look at it is that she may have realized it was also an important moment to document. And it was like to show herself like extremely direct and extremely vulnerable but extremely strong at the same time because that's yeah. that's what she is. But you, you uh, until then you rarely, rarely saw any moment of her being very bare like that. You know. I find that so interesting that portrait that you took, and it's it's amazing to hear the story behind it. Actually, I think in in some ways that that kind of rarefies your. You've said you know your style is clear, direct, and classic. That's how you kind of describe it. Yeah, and I think yeah. that that image really is that and does that you know yeah for me let's maybe we could talk about some of your other photographs and kind of what was going on in those moments there's a particularly well-known photograph of yours of Leonardo DiCaprio quite young um with Scorsese I find this photograph like I keep getting getting drawn back to it it's um you know where he's looking at Scorsese that was during the aviator the film The Aviator. Yep. Um, and yeah, and I'm I'm glad. I mean, it's a nice thing that you that you saw that and that you are struck by it because to me it really represents very much the relationship between. I mean, for sure, the relationship between the two of them. That's what I strive to get. You know, these moments of yeah. incredible intimacy because there is like there is like. 500 people around, you know, it's, first it was a very big scene and every moment is counted, you know, it's like, and to find that, to be, again, to be able to be present in the moment, to just make abstraction of what's around and to be in that intimate, intense moment uh, mm. is what it shows. And that's, that's a story of a, of a relationship when everything is well between a director and a 
and an actor, you know. You've worked mostly with male directors, I believe, but you've also worked with, you know, female directors and Sofia Coppola. Yes. There's a, an incredible picture I also really love that for me also says a lot about the female gaze, um, which of course mm-hmm. is a term that kind of originated in, in film theory. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a picture you took of Sofia Coppola. Um, she's I think, um, photographing um, Kirsten Dunst, who's, you know, on the set of Marie Antoinette. And there, you know, there's an incredible frame with these kind of pink frills of her dress and this pink cake. And then you've got Sophia dressed in this very cool, you know, like Adidas trainers and like a cut-off denim skirt. And it's just, there's something really great and special and empowering about that image for me. Can you tell me a bit more about about that one yeah it's like again i mean you you picked like so, such good moments because that's another one like a perfect like the kind of moment you you look for when you when you at, that i look for you know when i work on a movie set like um the behind the scenes uh, i mean and also like it's such a thrill on period film because you have the contrast between the, 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 the modernity of Sophia being like the coolest and hipper, you know, of them all, you know, and the, and the contrast with the extraordinary costume of Milena Cananero. Um, but, and the period. So that is always like a great thing to have both in the frame. And, and also, you know, Sophia Coppola is like a really great example also of, a, of how different it is most of the time to contrast with most men director. I mean, of course, it's like hard to generalize and to, but certainly on her film set, it seems like more calm, more, you know, there is no like show of force of, or, or power or it's like, but like, as we know of with women, I mean, very often you feel like you don't see it, but at the end you realize in many, many situations that even though it was not obvious, it was not apparent, it was not, it was not like loud, the woman was actually in charge, you know, yeah. of many situations. It's, it's, it's funny, but I mean, you see it in everything. I mean, when you, when you travel in the world in the most disadvantaged part of the world, you also see that the women are the, usually the one, no matter how, difficult the circumstance the women are the one in charge and and maybe you cannot say really in power but certainly in charge I mean, it's interesting to hear that, you know, you do see some differences between the way kind of men and, and women directors work. And I mean, speaking about atmosphere on set, I heard that there was such a kind of special atmosphere that you created when you were shooting the Dior um, campaign because you you shot the first oh, official yeah. Um, yeah. campaign for Maria Grazia in September 2016 I believe it was and that was her very first yeah. collection, collection so it's a special moment for her I know um, and I yeah I heard there was such a special you know kind of convivial atmosphere that she actually brought yeah. Raquel her daughter over so that yeah. you could shoot a, a portrait of them as well yeah yeah, talking of, of uh, like extraordinary woman, I mean, here she is. I mean, she, Maria Grazia, I mean, came to Dior, the first woman, you know, to take over this, and in, with like full creative power, you know, uh, to be the designer for this house that had never had a woman in charge. And the first thing she does, I mean, for her campaign is decide to 
that I, I, that she wants me to shoot it, which is also completely amazing because I was certainly not the obvious choice. You know, it was like a real leap. But she was so genuinely uh, committed to, to, to work with women and to, and to women that she respect, you know, and are in, is interested in, and that she thought nothing about entrusting me with that first campaign, which was a, I mean, she was like a, it was a big, big uh, move in a way, you know, I, I was very aware of it and I, I've, I'm very, very grateful to her to have given me that chance and but it's funny because it's in a way it's almost like we recognized each other you know even though we didn't I had never met her but once we started to work together we kind of recognized that we had chosen each other you know and so she completely trusted me and never tried to control or interfere in any way I mean she and I love that that's one quality I love in anyone is like once you choose someone and you entrust them with something, with a task, then you just let them be, you know. Yeah. It's like a supreme, supreme confidence in a way. And like, it's a, I admire that a lot. And like you say, I think that it's easy to underestimate how big a move that was. You know, it's very audacious mm-hmm. to come in and she yeah. understands artists as well and how artists kind yeah. of work and, and how to respect that. Um, and that's, you yeah. know, what I'm hearing again and again as well with speaking to, to the women that she's worked with more closely as well. Tell me, you recently were, very recently, you were on the cover of Le Mans, um supplement um, yeah the magazine um a self-portrait yeah which is something unusual for you I mean how was that experience (laughs) (laughs) taking your own picture and then seeing it everywhere in France I mean I I did only one self-portrait in my life before that one for Le Monde really it was like yeah I had just um, (laughs) I was I was about to turn 40 years old and I was asked by British Vogue to do a self-portrait then I never did it again because it's just, I'm the opposite of that. I mean, I'm always turned towards the outside. But then when Le Monde asked, I mean, I could not really say no in a way because it was great to, I love M. Le Monde. But, mm. uh, and I thought again, it's a challenge. Let's just, uh, let's just do it. But I was already in confinement. And uh, anyway, I finally did it. And I was, I decided to do a portrait and a very, and a, and a real portrait like, like what I ask of people, you know, that's what I do. I do portraits, so I will do a portrait, like a close-up. And But then, of course, I, did, I had no idea they were going to put it on the cover. And so that wow. was a surprise, a surprise to me and a surprise to everybody that knows me. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a favorite female photographer or woman who has inspired you in your practice as an artist? There's really quite a few when you start to look at all the women that I was interested in that were photographers. Some were pure photographers and some were artists that were also doing photography, you know. You know, from from somebody like uh, Julia Margaret Cameron, you know, mm. that actually started only when she was 48 years old and had already six kids, you know. But then you think about also of Dorothea Lange, you know, that Mm -hmm. uh, was an extraordinary, 
extraordinary, extraordinary document. I mean, in documenting all the works that she did in the Depression in in America. But then you know you have like Tina Modotti, and of yeah. course Diane Arbus. I mean, Diane Arbus yeah. was always important to me. It's portraiture in a in situation, but it's portraiture for sure. And uh, and and then, as we said, you know, there is Cindy Sherman and. And Kiki Smith and other artists, or Lorna Simpson that I love also. But um, but then you know I have to say like secretly, even though I love all these woman photographers, the one I love most than anything is is not a woman. It's it's <laughs> August. It's August Sander. Sander. You know yeah. I lo- yeah Sander. I mean I mean and I think it's okay to fold him in this group of women because. Maybe we can put him in the honorary... Uh. <laughs> An honorary woman, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, as a portraitist, yeah, I can imagine it's hard to not think of him, you know, and he's so, was yeah. so, I, I guess, using photography as a feat almost, you know, as a, actually as a yes. kind of, yeah. f- like, more than, an, more than art or more than anthropology or, or whatever you want more than portraiture and I mean I guess we don't want to write you know write men out of our history completely we just want a few more women in there alongside them and to kind of emphasize that there were women like all those names you've mentioned there were many more working at the same time that we just don't know about and we've got a lot to discover to fill in those gaps but I think that's a that's a that's the important point at the end Charlotte for that conversation is that we should not like outcast men, you know. We should we should not like make it a divide that is even more difficult to bridge than you know to make two camps. Let's say I feel much closer to uh, to the sensibility of women most of the time. But I have to say I have like some of the great great friends that I love are are men in my life and. Uh, Within the world of women and within the world of men, as we know, there is like so many <laughs> variation of quality and uh, and strength that I mean we cannot completely make two categories. I don't think. I think one of the important and you know beautiful aspects of your work for me is that it is your kind of gaze. You know, you as Brigitte, you know, as an individual, mm-hmm. but also mm-hmm. that kind of. Um, yeah, that kind of un- empathy and understanding, and I do think that's something intrinsic to being a woman. But your that gaze is on falls on everyone, you know. No, it's not just yeah, on women absolutely. You You're right. um, yeah. men equally as as that vulnerability yeah, yeah. and that kind of um, you know suffering as well, and and and, and susceptible yeah. to the same kind of systemic kind of problems as women are. Absolutely, and I, also that's one that's something that you can. You can understand as you get older to more because the seduction aspect of it, of every relationship, you know, or encounter, I should not say relationship, is not as important, you know, as you get older. So then you are more able to relate to just individual and to the humanity of everyone well i think that's a really nice way to um to end this this conversation and um thank you so much thank you very much thank you brigitte